Welcome, everyone, to another incredible episode of Doing Business with a Servant's Heart. And this guest I met a few weeks ago, but he definitely identifies as a servant. He's doing so many great things. And excited to share what he's doing now and helping people what he's doing uh, with his coaching. Hey, Brett, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot, Steve. Appreciate the introduction and excited to be here. Well, you bet. Let's start at the beginning before you got into coaching and what you were doing and what led you there. Sure. So before I got into coaching, you know, I grew up, um, you know, observing my father, uh, you know, owning his own business in Patterson, New Jersey, back in the uh, 1980s. Um, he worked in a party rental business and, you know, he had a partner within the business. So you know, I got a, a very early upfront view of what servant leadership was about and and uh, a side-by-side -side comparison of what it wasn't as well by being in that environment as, as a young kid. Um, I saw my father get in the trenches with his people, never ask them to do anything he wasn't willing actionably to do himself and genuinely caring about the people that worked with him on a personal level. Um, and all that led to them being willing uh, to run through walls for him, wanting to work hard on their own behalf, let alone his behalf, where you know, his partner, they would willfully not do the things because there was just, you know, beating him over the head, do as I say, not as I do type of thing. So I think early on, I got a, a really good glimpse of what uh, serving leadership and, and strong coaching looks like. And then, you know, as I, um, you know, went through, high school and and college and and you know got into the the professional world um you know my first job being at, at tavern on the green as a restaurant manager back in the early 2000s um i was able to take those lessons and apply them so you know, i actually look at um leadership and and coaching very closely together so even though my title was restaurant manager uh i i viewed myself as a coach even uh in that particular role well, when you get, I ran restaurants too. So you get into a restaurant, that's, uh, you're on fire. Talk about learning how to deal with people, huh? Ooh, wait, I still have a little PTSD about some of the things like, <laughs> you know, Valentine's Day where we're doing, you know, 2,500 covers that day and it's all uh, deuces, you know, two, two people tables. I got one person yelling at me about the air being uh too too cold i got you know two people yelling at me about the air being too hot i got this one yelling at me about uh you know the lobster bisque uh running out and i'm just i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah yeah <laughs> spinning plates is yeah. excuse the pun but that's kind of what it's what you are doing Bingo. you know with that that's a great story because i know what you're talking about well how important is team or the team aspect when it comes to all running a restaurant uh, the, I mean, the team aspect is is everything, you know, both from a logistical coordination standpoint, as well as an overall experiential standpoint for mm -hmm. the uh, the employees and the team members themselves, and certainly for the customers. You know, I was able to really take that servant leadership model. You know, the Tavern on the Green at the time, let me just backtrack, was the highest grossing restaurant, highest volume restaurant in the country at that point. I had limited to no restaurant experience. I was just good at connecting with people and, you know, working my tail off. So, you know, I was working 90 to 100 hours a week at that uh, point in my career. And, you know, 
it was a unionized restaurant aside from anything else. So there was no way an experienced, inexperienced 20 year old kid at a restaurant with 15, 20 year tenured unionized employees was going to come in and tell anyone how to do their job. I had to show them, much like I described with my father, that I'm going to get in there with you. You need me to bust tables, I'll bust tables. You need me to, you know, uh, empty the trash in the uh, in the in the bathroom. I'll empty the trash in the bathroom. I don't care. I'm not above anyone or anything just because I have the leadership title. And you saw the evolution of my relationship uh, with the team grow and and develop. And and I I believe you know unify the team that much more because they saw that their leaders. Um, were willing to to get in there with them. And I don't think it had necessarily been done like that to that point. And I was fortunate enough, you know, even as a young and experienced uh, manager and leader to unify uh, and set the example rather for the other leaders that were there um, to, you know, do the same. And it, it, it really uh, elevated and the, ex- the experience and production of, uh, of, of the team which uh, you know, I was, I was very proud of myself. I don't give myself enough credit. You know, no. traditionally, yeah. like most people, extraordinarily yeah. hard on myself. But as I've reflected years later, so it was, it was a, it was a cool accomplishment. To you know, a year and a half later, when I left, you know, I got a standing ovation from the 150 employees I was overseeing. Where at the beginning, they were looking at me really. Yeah, trust the guy who trust. You said work hard a couple of times and. Brett, that's awesome because I've heard people tell me average skill set, if you work hard, can beat great skill 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 set because you gotta have skill in the work, you know, work hard. Where and you learned that from your dad. How have you taken that now to your coaching? Yeah, yeah, I definitely have uh have definitely had the throughput from you know mm-hmm. seeing that. Uh, you know, my own experiences now over two decades in, in leadership and sales management uh, to the, the coaching realm where, you know, it's you've got to lead by example. You know, at, at the end of the day, for people to want to follow you, they have to see that you aren't just telling them what to do. You're showcasing through your actions day after day after day that I'm I'm in here with you. Uh, you know, we're we're locked arms. And I've said, you know, in, in coaching, you know, so many leaders across, uh, you know, a variety of different verticals the last several years that, you know, one of the, the big unifying factors in all of this is the uh, is the ability to really, um, you know, uh, lock arms and and say, hey, none of you work for me. In fact, if anything, it's the opposite. I work for you. And you work with me. No one's ever worked for me. Everyone's always worked with me. And I think that these subtle language choices, um, when you know, meant uh, in 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 reality, not just you know uh, hyperbole and and empty empty words, um, resonates with people. They feel that, and they're willing to work hard themselves because they know that uh, you know their leaders uh, are are in there with them doing the same things and not just um, they're, they're practicing what they preach. Yeah. How much is gratitude an important part of this? (laughs) 
it's it's uh, amongst the biggest pieces of the puzzle. You know, if there's no room for uh, you know feeling sorry for yourself, there's no room for the blame game and and you know the the, the victimhood. When you're grateful for everyone and and everything, you know, I, I think I mentioned this when we spoke, but I wake up up every morning and I say thank you, and I go to sleep every night and I say thank you. And I write down in my journal every day what I'm grateful for, because, you know, I don't I don't ever want to take anything for granted. And once again, it's it's something that. If you're leading a team, let alone leading yourself, mm. people are going to pick up on the the folks that are, you know, they're, they're just happy they're, they You know, they've got challenges. Don't don't you know, get me wrong by by any means, but. They are grateful for their their team members. They're grateful for their opportunities. They're just they they, they just exude that gratitude, um, and through their actions and then their words. Like you know, to me, when I'm when I'm coaching leaders, like the easiest form of currency that you have available to you is just to show that gratitude and appreciation for your team. Say thank you to them, acknowledge them, praise them. You do that, and regrettably you're already in the upper percentiles of of leaders that they've likely experienced to this point well said brett that that's and unfortunately it's not easy for everybody that's when everybody can be a leader but let's flip it you're a coach and you work with sales teams and leadership there's the other side of it. you've got an employee that's just not a good employee how do you teach to handle that yeah it's it's a topic that comes up regularly. I was actually on a call right before this and we were talking about this subject. You know, how do you hold people accountable to mm -hmm. doing the things that are in their best interest to do that are going to lead to success? So, you know, when you've got those those individuals, you know, I always coach my my leaders to make sure you know the person. You know what makes them tick. You know what gets them jazzed up on a personal level. You know what uh, brings them to the office or, or wherever they work on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, when they're you know, looking to make money, what they want to do with that money, what it's going to mean for their life, their family's life, et cetera. So peeling back the layers of the onion on a person-by-person -person basis, rather than taking an over-generalized uh, approach to problem solving, is, the, is, is a real starting point with all this. Because when you know the individuals on your team, you know, those nuances and you've, you know, been vulnerable yourself and, you know, showing I'm not perfect. Here's, you know, some of my challenges and here's how I've overcome them and, you know, showing an active interest in them on a personal level. It becomes much easier to have the difficult conversations with those, those folks um, because they know you, you care and you're coming from a, a place of uh, just trying to help them do all the things that they said they were going to do. And that's, that's a, again, a big piece of the puzzle is, you know, really identifying the, the people whose actions and words are not congruent and nipping that in the bud early and often by having direct conversations. Hey, you know, you said you want to do X, Y, and Z. What's holding you back? What can I do to help you get there? And documenting those things. You know, mm -hmm. having, a, you know, a really clear cut. All right. What's going well? How can we leverage it for additional success? Where are your areas of opportunity? What are you actively doing to address them? What do you need from me to help you in any of this? 
here are my expectations of you. And having that be progressive month over month, quarter yeah. over quarter. And if you're noticing that, you know, the actions aren't matching the words, progressively escalating the conversation to be like, hey, listen, you know, I want you to win. You know, you've said you want to win. You've said you understand how doing these things, these actions, these behaviors will lead to you winning, yet you're not doing them. If you're not willing to do those things on a long enough timeline, I'm unfortunately going to have to find people that will. Again, I want it to be you. What do you need from me to make that happen? And I found that being straightforward like that, especially uh, against the backdrop of you know showcasing that you care and you are delivering on anything they need from a professional skill development standpoint, um, inevitably when you have to uh, regrettably relieve people of their duty. Um, I'd say no less than 50% of the times I personally had to uh, terminate individuals. They thanked me on the way out because mm. you told me, you, you said it, you gave me, you gave me the chance and said, listen, you know, I, I hope you learn from this and I'm here to support you beyond. I just want you to know that, you know, this is still an area of opportunity for you. And, you know, you can lean on me. You could call me in the aftermath Yeah, and it's, it's not, personal. And these are key phrases that I use with, with my leaders is identifying skill versus will gaps and, you know, nipping the will gaps in the bud. And, um, you know, people whose whose actions match your words and, you know, tough on standards, not on people. I like that phrase. That's a good one. Leaders have a problem making it difficult, difficult conversations. How do you work with a, you know, coach comes to you and says, I got to talk to this employee. I probably got to fire them, but I don't want to. I'll be short staffed. I'll be this. I'll be that. How do you handle that? Because I hear that. It's like, you know, I'm short staffed already at my restaurant. I get to let this guy go. I know he's terrible, but I got to let him go because he's hurting the team. Right. How do you handle that? Yeah, you, you have to. It's short term pain for long term gain, you know, yeah. it's it, because what happens bad festers and you know bad spreads quicker than good regrettably yeah so it's it's this not so hidden uh cost of keeping someone on there just to have the body um because they're not just negatively impacting themselves they're negatively impacting the person to the left to the right of them because oftentimes those are the same folks that are blaming everyone but themselves yeah. for why they're not having success so, yeah, it's going to mean more hours and harder work for other people. But, you know, you, you, you've got to you've got to regrettably move along from those people sooner rather than later. Um, and I see people hang on way past their expiration date for that reason. And um, I can't recall of any time where I've seen that working out favorably for, for anyone involved. And, and even the person who's in that position if they're that unhappy and you know they're, they're they're griping about these things regularly and their actions aren't going to match their words then helping them find whatever it is that will do that with them so you know that's uh that's that's typically how uh, i i, I, I love how that. you yeah i love how you said that because it happens with everybody and it also goes down to the customer level you know let's use a restaurant if you got a, wait, a bad waiter 
and he's treating his customers bad and your employees, it's a bad animal throughout the whole business. Um, so with your coaching, how, how does it work? You know, I'm become a client with you. Walk me through the steps of what that looks like. Yeah. So I do a, a very uh, thorough vetting process up front with, with the people that I work with. I want to make sure it's a right fit on both sides of the equation. I'm sorry. My kids are uh, That's all right. you know, hollering background here. Um, so I, I want to, I, I go through, I'm like, you know, what's the problem you're looking to solve? You know, where are you currently having success and how can we leverage that for additional success? Where are your areas of opportunity? How are you actively addressing them? What are your top two personal goals? What are your top two professional goals? So I go through this whole intake to, you know, really drive towards, uh, you know, the, the root cause uh, opportunities for people. You know, I want to know as much information up front because then I can customize the approach thereafter. You know, I standardize it uh, from the intake perspective, and then I customize it thereafter based off of the responses that I, I get from them. And, you know, I found that in certain cases, I've had to turn away people because it wasn't the right fit. I could just sense from their answers that they weren't willing, there's that word again, willing to put in the work. They're just looking <laughs> for the quick solve, the magic bullet. Um, and that's just, that's not how I, I do things. Um, so I get these answers and then we start uh, meeting on a weekly basis to have a progressive um a progressive uh, dialogue. So I don't leave any session without some sort of actionable takeaway for them to have. Um, I'm sorry. Well, that's good for me. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Steve, I'm sorry about this. That's all right. Um, so you do actionable items, which I love. So they, they got homework, basically. Yeah, because, you know, I've invested quite a bit of time, money and, and resources into my own coaching and, and personal development. And the big distinction for me has always been, you know, there's there's something actionable for you to do, because otherwise it's just conceptual. And, you know, knowledge isn't power. Applied knowledge is power. So you know, we're having these conversations and every single time there's one, two, depending on who it is and what they're trying to accomplish three at most actionable things for them to do between this week and next week mm -hmm. that I'm going to hold them accountable to. You know, I'm not going to let you get away with investing your hard-earned money into working with me and then not doing the work that is going to lead to the results that you're paying me to help you accomplish. And I, I take a lot of pride in that. And like I said, I've I've had to you know, turn away clients. And I've also had to let go of clients in certain cases, you know, as probably holding on to them past the expiration date, because I, I care a lot and I, I want it for them and they say they want it. So I believe them until they showcase that, you know, they're not quite there yet um, in the willingness to put in the, the work uh, that's going to lead to those successful outcomes. And a good, and a good servant has that mindset it's going to benefit both of us if I let them go, whether it's an employee, your client, or the client doesn't fit. I really want to work with you, Brett. You know, 
Steve, I, I let's find you somebody else. I know you do that, which again is a servant mentality. It's like, hey, I'm not a good fit, but I got, I think you need to talk to this guy or this gal. And it's so important that it's hard to do, yeah. but it's got to be done. It's taken me a while to evolve into that. You know, I, I'm very empathetic and I believe people when, when they speak and sometimes, you know, to my own detriment uh, over the course of, of my life and career, but I'd rather operate with a, you know, just uh, an empathetic mindset or just, you know, you know empathy as, as the leader here um, because I do care. And I find that because I care, people are willing to, uh, open up to me quickly and give me the information that I need to best help them get out of their own way, which is typically what the the issue is with with most yeah. people. It's yeah. it's self inflicted. You know, clearly there's external challenges and um, you know strategy that needs to be applied to to you know go in particular directions of achievement. But uh, more often than not, it's the uh, self limiting beliefs and you know self imposed obstacles that. Uh, once we tackle those and break those down, that it just frees people up to to fly and and move much more quickly and linearly towards the strategic objective. What is your why? My why is I I want to make a difference in every single interaction I ever have because it's something that lights up my lights up my soul. I just I love seeing people win. You know, I, I just I want as as deeply as as humanly possible to see everyone win, everyone to be happy, everyone to be successful. And you know, it's tough reconciling that at times because I know it's not realistic per se, but that doesn't stop me from uh, you know wanting that to be the case and you know doing everything I can in my power to make that be the case. Uh, you know, I I journal every single day. And as part of my journaling, one of the things that I've written down now for two years straight is treat everyone you come in contact with as though they're the most important person in the world. And I, I just, I live that way because why not? Why the hell not? You know, and it can be something as easy as eye contact and a smile. Yeah. It can be, uh, hey, I love your your shirt. It can be as in depth as you know the coaching and consulting and you know all all of that, the the, the speaking. Uh, engagements um, on on a broader scale, but I want to leave people feeling better about themselves after having interacted with me or consumed, you know, you know any you know content that I have than they did walking into that. I love it. You're definitely a servant. And I appreciate you. God bless you for what you're doing. You put a lot of nuggets out there. I'm sure people want to reach out to you. How can they reach out to you? Uh, you can go to my website, um, you know, at Knopf Knows Solutions. Um, I'm on social media, at Knopf Knows on Instagram, Brett Knopf at LinkedIn, uh, you know, carrier pigeon, smoke signal, whatever you got to do. <laughs> uh, you know, just, just throw up the sign and uh, I will be there. But, uh, you know, like like you said, I just, anyone that, that just wants to have a conversation really about anything, uh, I'm I'm always game. Well, I'm going to add to it because I'm going to do something crazy here. So audience, the first two people that reach out to Chris, I mean, Brett, they can buy. I'm going to give them a gift. I am going to send them a gift because wow. that's how important it is for people to meet with you. 
and, and it doesn't have to be a sale. If you just reach out to them to do a discovery call or ask a question, I want people to reach out to Brett because you're doing good things. Your whole show today was about serving. And that that's what we're all about. I love that. <laughs> so yeah. So Brett will reach out to me when somebody mentions the show and then I'll get you guys a gift. Uh, don't be shy. And if, if I've sent gifts out, still reach out to him. I want a hundred people to reach out. I want his calendar full because he said he wants to help people. We're going to give him people to help. I love it. I appreciate Brett, that. Oh, you're so welcome. I, I loved having you on the show. Thank you for being on. Can I ask a favor? My, by all means. Can you leave my audience one piece of advice, something maybe I've not talked about that's helped in your great journey? Yeah, by all means. You know, I've, I've had the same piece of advice for an extended period of time here, and it served myself and, and others really well. And that's, number one, identify in as much detail as possible what you want to do in, in your life and business. I mean, hyper-specificity uh, along those lines. Number two, identify the people that are doing that at an elite level. And if you can gain one-on-one -on -one access to them where it's affordable or, or just anything, do that so you can have direct uh, actionable feedback to, to utilize. If not, there's varying different ways to see and hear what uh, elite performers are doing, whether it's books or, or great podcasts like this or you know, small group coaching or whatever the, the case may be. Um, but follow, uh, success leaves clues. And, you know, if you've clearly identified what you want to do and who's doing it at a high level, take it, emulate it, gather those data points. And whether it works for you or doesn't work for you is almost secondary. You just get in the arena and you, you get that, that data and that feedback from uh, taking action. And you're going to start to put the puzzle pieces together. And to me, that's the most linear route to having success in any area rather than trying to figure it all out yourself.